take a walk, ride, stroll, or just listen as you take hold and engage because you are now entering the Cerebral Podcast. Joke of the day. What's a little song or ditty that I wrote to work against conformity? Answer. It's a little itty bitty ditty that may make you feel a little jittery or jitty in your hands or middies. But it's okay to go against the grain. Feel the grit of the individual gritties, but resist the pit of the group pities. Find your individual witties. Thought of the day comes from Dr. Wayne Dyer. He was a New York Times bestselling author on self-development and spiritual growth. He said, When you're just like everyone else, you have nothing to offer other than conformity. Welcome back. Hello and welcome back to The Cerebral Podcast. For new listeners, The Cerebral Podcast is me talking about my crutches as disability devices and literary devices. I also offer up advice to help parents and kids and anyone else who wants to learn more about disability engagement. I was born with cerebral palsy. I grew up in competitive schools where I was mainstreamed in the 1970s and 80s. I I was the only kid with a long-term physical disability in the school. As a result, I used my cerebral against the palsy like an oxymoron. Reasonable accommodation and the ADA didn't become law until 1990 or broadly accessible to me until I was in Marist College in 1991. Therefore, I often used enriched environment examples to increase my own social emotional learning. This is episode 55. Thank you for joining me today. Preface. May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Today I will be talking about conformity and the physical and emotional pressure of conforming and complying. In this week's Rite of Passage Experiences or ROPE, I will be talking about elementary school experiences of trying to conform, keep up, and comply to the best of my ability. Be sure to listen for one or two things that you can take away from this episode. Now, let's both take hold and engage. According to Psychology Today, conformity is the tendency for an individual to align attitudes, beliefs, and behaviors. Because humans are social beings, 
People are evolutionarily driven to fit in. Conformity offers a sense of belonging or social acceptance to what is expected. Expectations can be spoken or unspoken social norms. Generally, following rules or laws helps people establish and follow expectations. It also helps people get along. It enforces social behavior. Traffic signs and signals are simple positive examples. Conformity often occurs from people within the group. Obedience, on the other hand, requires a social hierarchy where the lower ranking people comply with the demands of authority figures above them. This is also this also can include intimidation. Because of conditioning and compliance, it is difficult to build and reinforce trust within oneself. Dr. Wayne Dyer has some guided meditations and affirmations that I will include in the show notes. In this week's Rite of Passage Experiences or Rope, I'm going to talk about some early experiences with conformity and compliance. Climbing up and coming downstairs for me definitely took a lot of work and effort. Parental authority and compliance with house, school, and community rules were sometimes difficult. I still hear from some parents that they have their kids overcoming or accomplishing things. I was expected to do physical therapy for hours at home. I was also mainstreamed at home too. That was the mentality for me before the ADA. I still do about an hour of physical therapy in the morning and an hour of physical therapy at night to keep myself flexible and honestly to help my body cooperate and not to spasm. I no longer climb stairs regularly. Therefore, keeping my body cooperative or able to perform the movements I need it to is a reasonable trade-off. I do physical therapy and exercises to keep my body responsive to do the things that I ask it to do. On my worst days, I have ended up with tightness or back spasms. That usually is treatable at home with me doing additional physical therapy. In elementary school, because I was a disability minority, I had to work harder and avoid embarrassment that became one of my primary motivators. I wanted to fit in and not stand out for my very apparent physical differences. Sometimes my need to maintain my physical balance and coordination overtook my desire to articulate my needs. As the other kids in class and the school got to know me, it became both 
easier and harder to assimilate. There were spoken and unspoken expectations for me to keep up with crowds or groups, and I couldn't ask for and felt pressure to follow along. Probably the most difficult and embarrassing body functions I had to coordinate and control at elementary school were bathroom trips to avoid bathroom accidents and vice versa. The terribly tricky control computation maintained bowel and bladder balance with enough muscle movement in my arms and legs. The bathroom accidents happened so often that changing my school uniform happened roughly every two weeks. Following that routine, I visited the nurse's office to change clothes. Another example of apparel-related activities happened when on physical education days, I wore sneakers with my school uniform. On those days of the week that we had phys ed, I could wear sneakers the whole day, but I had to wear my school uniform with dress pants and button-down shirt. Looking back on it, I think if I was allowed to wear gym clothes the entire day, the other kids would have thought I had an advantage that I got. It wasn't seen as an accommodation. As it was, I felt sometimes embarrassed because of wearing sneakers with my school uniform and sometimes I felt lucky. Even though I was even though it was a relatively simple situation, I would get looks or comments before gym class and after gym class. I often got help from other kids and teachers and staff, but it was still hard to navigate and articulate. There is a acronym called HALT, which stands for Hungry, Angry, Lonely, and Tired. And I was hungry for acceptance and I was angry or frustrated because I didn't understand how my body worked. I was lonely because that I was the only um, kid with a physical disability or crutches in, in school. And I was tired because I, it often took so much effort to move or to think or to coordinate my body and my mind together. There are some power statements that I now use. I use these following mantras every day. They help me to deal with the hunger, anger, lonely, and tiredness that I sometimes feel. They come from Virginia Commonwealth University. I am strong. My feelings are important. I deserve to feel safe. I deserve respect.
This one I use just for myself. My crutches are a part of who I am. Were there one or two things that you heard that you can lean into? Thank you to Jacob Thurman for empowering the audio in this episode. Reflections This episode was particularly hard um, to produce, not because it was difficult to write, but it was difficult really to talk about or even read because it just reminded me of the struggles that I had and the difficulty that I had in even realizing or or articulating my own needs because of what I was feeling and all of the levels of issues that I was dealing with when I was growing up and not understanding my disability and other people around me uh, not understanding the different levels of my disability. I had to stop several times just because I got emotional or upset just in reading it and remembering some of the stuff and I'm glad that I did it but it was probably the most difficult episode that I had to record Uh, but the positive side of doing these episodes is that it's helpful for me as well as uh, I hope that it's helpful for the audience that these are important issues to talk about and articulate and think about and just deal with because um, I think that's a lot of the stigma that still surrounds disabilities or different issues is people are afraid or embarrassed and I include myself in that um, in wanting to talk about it or even realizing it, that um, some of this stuff happened and it, and it was a different time so I'm not upset for that reason but it just brought back different emotions for me in just reliving or talking and reading this this episode the uh, a lot of times when I was growing up because I was dealing with so many layers of issues I didn't really think about it it's it's like um, you when you're dealing with um, crisis or emotions or different um, obstacles all the time you're not necessarily thinking about all the issues or all the things that are happening but you're just focused on getting through it and I think that's part of the catharsis for me is um, I didn't realize how much especially in uh, grammar school I went through um, even in talking about the uh, these couple of things uh, and it really wasn't um, necessarily uh, looking for fault or looking for um, reasons why things happen but more 
of the way the the way the situation was, and I did have different levels of support and help over the but it was still very difficult even to articulate the different needs that I had because I didn't want to be embarrassed for the wrong reasons uh, and I didn't want to draw attention to myself because I already had enough attention and one of the things that I still struggle with is the positive attention that I get because of my disability and all the things that I've done but I, I also get negative attention because of my disability sometimes and it's hard to balance that. It's true that I've had to conform in order to succeed uh, and that's hard to process sometimes especially because the conformity or just following along and not really articulating or standing up for myself or articulating my needs conforming was just easier sometimes and it caused less um, resistance and I had enough to deal with as a kid all sometimes I wanted to do was just go with the flow and not cause any more problems or difficulties for um, my family or my community or my school and um, I probably should have stood up more for myself but at the same time I was just trying to maintain my balance and keep standing that's why I'm doing this podcast because I want to really help people understand whether you have a disability or not, some of the issues that are underneath and that aren't necessarily talked about or articulated and to help the next generation um, by using my experience because I have been successful and I want to give back and I want to help, as I said, the next generation of kids parents and society as a whole um, and I also want to give thanks to um, the faculty and staff at VCU um, Jackie Robinson Brock Matthew Bogenschutz Mira Mortagi and especially my advisor and friend Jack Brandt who pushed me a lot and we disagreed uh, and went back and forth a lot on different issues but he's pushed me to grow in so many positive ways I just really want to thank him with deepest gratitude thank you for letting me ramble Thank you for allowing me to be a voice inside your head. Please share this podcast with someone you know. Were there one or two specific things that you learned or liked? Would you mind joining and sharing it 
on the Cerebral Podcast Facebook group. You can listen to the show on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you to the listeners who support the show on the Cerebral Podcast Facebook group. I invite you to join the group. You can also email the show at thecerebralpodcast at gmail.com or send questions, comments, or ideas for the show. And remember, it takes effort to be vulnerable, be accountable, and be respectful in the way you treat others and yourself. You can be the biggest variable in your life when you take ownership. Now, take hold, engage in your world. You are now leaving the Cerebral Podcast. Another.